Wow, wow, wow. We are blessed. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, why then? Why can't I? Mm. We're here. Welcome. Good to have you here today. I'm Reverend Debbie. I think I recognize most of our faces here today. Welcome. Glad that you're here. We are moving along. The end of November. We have only one more month of our theme of 100 years of science of mind. This month, we're talking about prosperity, abundance, and wealth. Prosperity, abundance, and wealth. And then we'll finish that up uh, next week. And then we'll have just December left. But more importantly, this is our fourth and our final week of our Thriving is Giving, Giving is Thriving uh, pledge program this year. Last year, if you remember, we did Here We Grow, and we did. And this year, we're doing Thriving, and we will, definitely. Um, Reverend Megan shared with you a couple of weeks ago that we sent our goal to reach $60,000 in pledges this year. And I want to let you know that last Sunday when you all came forward and put your uh, pledge cards in to the, the vase, that we collected over $50,000 in pledges. The very first Sunday. The very first Sunday. That, as Bobby said, we're so grateful for each of you that has said yes. Yes, I believe in what you're doing here. Yes, I believe in the center. Yes, I want the center to continue to be there. I want to continue to carry the message of science of mind out into the world. Thank you. And uh, please know you can continue to uh, give in your pledge cards, those of you that haven't. I'm knowing that we hit 60,000 and beyond. Um, so it's very lovely. It's very lovely. Thank you so very much. Um, let's see. Today's talk title is we are family. We are family. And, and Reverend Megan's reading reflected that a bit. Um, and we're going to go on and do a little bit more about that. I love this, uh, this saying George Burns once said, happiness is having a large, loving, caring, close-knit family in another city. <laughs> right? Right? You know, family can be both comforting and frustrating at the same time. You know, we all have those relatives that are a little bit more challenging to love. As Dr. Kathy Hearn would say, they tempt us not to love them. They tempt us not to love them, right? And, uh, and, and we all seem to experience some of that. Uh, you know, and families today, more and more and more, come in so many different shapes and sizes. You know, we no more have the mom and dad and the two kids. You know, we've got two moms, we've got two dads, we've got stepmoms, we've got stepfathers, we've got blended families. We have children that are growing up with two families, maybe four families that they're split between. We have grandparents that are raising their grandchildren. We have adopted families. We have those families that are made up of our friends because we chose them as family. You know, so family is coming in every, every different shape and size. You know, my daughter, uh, ever probably since she graduated from college, she has a group of friends that she went through college with, and every year they do a Friendsgiving. You know, they do a Friendsgiving. They come together, and, and I think that's really popular with our young people now, especially those that don't live close to where their mom or dad is or their families are. They come together, and they create the families that they go through life with. Uh, you know, there is uh, some of us that can't wait to go home for the holidays and some of us that never go home for the holidays, right? 
We have so many movies out about dysfunctional families and the holidays, and, and, and we have movies out about uh, the families that, that get together. You know, we've got the Hallmark Channel, which we can watch 24-7 holiday movies starting a couple weeks ago. And I know because I do happen to turn that on occasionally. I like those feel-good movies, I do. You know, but many of us have such high expectations for the holidays. You know, we want to have the Norman Rockwell dinner table. You know, we want to have the... Courier and Ives, Christmas card, you know, holiday. And when that doesn't happen, we're disappointed. You know, we're let down. Even after year after year, it doesn't happen. We still have that expectation, you know, and we're let down, you know. We can be so stuck in the how it's supposed to be or how we think it's supposed to be that we are not allowing ourselves to experience what it is to experience the people as they are, to accept that this is what it is, and this is my family. The Dalai Lama, he says, uh, his religion is kindness, you know, and I like that. Simple, kindness. So perhaps we can just make the decision to practice loving kindness this holiday season with friends and family. There's a most wonderful book, uh, Piero Ferrucci, I think is how you say his name, and he's written a couple books that are just amazing, but one is The Power of Kindness. It's a book well worth reading. And he quotes this, he says this in his book, people often ask me what is the most effective technique for transforming their life. It's a little embarrassing that after years and years of research and experimentation, I have to say that the best answer is just be a little kinder. Just be a little kinder. There's a story of the old shoemaker, and, and some of you may know it. It's an old toy store, uh, Leo Tolstoy story, and uh, it's about a, a shoemaker named Martin. Martin was a very devout man. He was a very spiritual man, and one night, as he was sleeping, he heard, Martin, Martin, be aware. Tomorrow, pay attention to the street. I'm going to be visiting you. And he woke from his sleep, and he wasn't sure if it was a dream or, or if that had really happened, you know. But he got up and went about his day. But he couldn't help but continue to look out the window to see just perhaps spirit was going to show up and visit him. Perhaps source was going to show up, you know. And as he was doing his work and he looked out the window, he saw an old soldier who was shoveling some snow. And it was cold out there. He invited the soldier in to have something warm to drink. And the soldier came in, and they shared some conversation and a hot drink. Later on during the day, he was noticing outside, and he saw a young mother with a babe in her arms, and she had no shawl. She had nothing on her to keep her warm. And he went outside, and he invited her to come in and warm herself by the fire. And as he got to talk to her, as he got to know her, he found out that just the day before, she had sold her shawl for some food. So he fed her. And he gave her some coin, and he gave her his jacket to go back out into the cold. And he continued to do his work, and the day was coming to an end. And he felt a little sad that spirit hadn't showed up. And again, he looked out the window, and he saw an old woman pushing a cart full of apples she was selling, and a young boy who ran by and grabbed one and stole it, and the woman grabbed him and threatened to call the police and put him in jail. And Martin rushed outside, and he said, please, please, don't call the police. I'll pay for the apple. And he did. And the lady let the young boy go. 
darkness started to fall and Martin lit the lamp. And he was sad. He was sad that it had just been a dream, that spirit didn't show up to him. And in that moment, out of the shadows, he saw something. And he heard a voice. And what he heard was, Martin, didn't you recognize me? I came to you as a soldier, as a young mother and a babe, as an older woman and a young boy. You know, and Martin pulled down his Bible and he read the passage. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. Whatsoever you do to the least of my brethren, you do it to me. We're all one family. We're all one big family. You know, I love this little poster or this little picture. Have you seen this before? The little girl, her t-shirt says, birthplace earth, race human, politics freedom, religion love. Right, that about sums it up. One human family. You know, we're all connected to each other. Have you guys had, have you been learning yet to send in your DNA to Ancestry.com or to 23andMe? Have you done any of that? Well, I did it. And I'll tell you, I have 1,017 DNA relatives. 1,070 people just on the one side I'm on that share my DNA. I know four of them. Right? We are one big human family. We are connected. The Baha faith, this is a quote from, the blessed beauty saith, ye are all the fruits of one tree, the leaves of one branch. Thus how he likened his world of being to a single tree and all its people to the leaves thereof and the blossoms and the fruits. We're all connected. Leaves of one tree. There's an old... Uh, Buddhist Hindu story of Indra's net. And I think a few of the ministers that we've had here have spoken about it over the last year. And uh, the story goes like this. Far away in the abode of the great god Indra, king of heaven, hangs a wondrous vast net, much like a spider web in intricacy and loveliness. It stretches out indefinitely in all directions. At each node or crossing point, of the net hangs a single glittering jewel. Since the net itself is infinite in dimension, the jewels are infinite in number. The sparkling jewels hang there, suspended in and supported by the net, glittering like stars, dazzling to behold. So each one of those dewdrops represents each one of us connected in this vast nest that spreads forever and ever and ever. I invite you to close your eyes and try this on if it feels comfortable for you. If it doesn't, don't. Imagine this jeweled net spread across the vast expanses of space and move in close to one jewel in your mind's eye. Look closely and you'll see the polished surface of the gem reflects all the other jewels in the net. Each jewel reflected in this gem 
reflects all the other jewels. So it goes on forever and ever, like when one mirror faces another and you can just see forever and ever. Every jewel is connected with all the jewels and every person is intimately connected with all the other persons in the universe. Feel what that feels like to be part of this massive net of interconnectedness. Each has an independent place within the net and we all reflect and influence each other. However, a change in one jewel produces a change, however slightly in every other. In addition, whatever you do affects the entire net, as well as yourself. You can't damage one strand of the spider web without damaging the entire web. This can work for good or for ill, because of course, just as destructive acts affect the entire net, so do loving, compassionate acts. You're all interconnected. I invite you to open your eyes and stay in that place of interconnected, stay in that place of knowing that what we do affects those around us. We can't change our behavior without changing the way the people around us react. You know, that's one of the things they talk about if you go in, into therapy and, and you're learning about dysfunctional families or you're learning about codependency. One of the things they say is, you change you and everybody else has to change. If you stop doing the dance that you've done in your family system forever, everybody else has to change what they're doing because you're no longer doing the dance, right? We're all interconnected. You know, there's power in community. There's power coming together as spiritual community. There's power with us just coming together and saying, yeah, we're one spiritual family. This is my spiritual community. This is my spiritual home. You know, there's this, the, the story of the herd, and many of you might have heard this one as well. You know, when we're in a herd or the animal's in a herd, you get in the middle. You get in the middle of the herd and you stay in the middle of the herd because it's the ones that are around the edge that get eaten, right, that get picked off. You know, so we want to stay right in the middle. We want to stay right in the middle, be in the, in, in the all of it. I invite you to stay in the middle. Stay in the middle with us. Stay here. You know, this is your spiritual home. And I want to tell you, if it doesn't feel like it, if there's some part of you that doesn't feel welcome here or doesn't feel like you matter, please see me. Please see Reverend Megan. Let us know. We count you as family. We count you as family. To us here. In Key West, Florida, there is a, a gentleman, his name is J.T. Thompson. He arrived from Venice, California in 1979 to Key West, Florida. And he retired to Key West. He had had two heart uh, attacks and, and he decided he was going for a simpler laid back life. And he was a graphic designer and an artist and he moved there. And slowly after being there, he realized there was a sense in Key West of just everybody being equal. And he really liked that. There was no, like, hierarchy and them and us, you know. It was everybody was kind of equal. And he really resonated with that. And he decided he wanted to bring back this idea of family 
as being everyone. He wanted to, to incorporate the idea that we are all one, we are all part of this one human family. And uh, he designed and printed a bumper sticker that said, all people are created equal, members of one human family. All people are created equal, members of one human family. And on the first day of the new millennium, 2000, January 1st, 2000, he started to hand out these bumper stickers. He started to hand out the bumper stickers through Key West, and people came and they saw, and they took them, you know, and to this day he's handed out 2.5 million stickers that are in 95 countries around the world. Okay, so that was in January in 2000. Of October of 2000, the city of Key West adopted it as their official philosophy. And later on, the entire county adopted it as their philosophy. All the islands in Key West adopted it as their philosophy. Uh, he has, he, he, loves, he loves it, and he says one of his favorite stories is he had an 11-year-old girl from Virginia write and ask for 100 of the bumper stickers for her fifth grade class. And she said to him in the letter that she thought a few of her classmates might be racist. So she thought it was important that they get these stickers. And so when she received the bumper stickers about one human family, she wrote him back and she said, well, I want to let you know I talked individually to each student in my class, and I told them what the sticker meant. And I want to let you know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, right? A fifth grader, a fifth grader. Uh, they have a proclamation, which I think is, is, is fun, and I'm going to read it. It's the proclamation that the city of Key West uses, and it's uh, one human family. Key West is an enlightened island community that is passionate about living together as caring, sharing neighbors, and that each of us are dedicated to making our homes as close to paradise as we can. Sign me up. We truly believe that all people are our equals during our short lives here on earth. And we are dismayed to see misleading us versus them viewpoints presented to us daily in the media, entertainment, and news. And we want to proclaim the truth that as we see it, there is no them, there is just us, all of us, together as one human family, now and forever. And we want to share our unique perspective and simply, simple but true words of hope one human family with our global neighbors, so others can find inspiration to grow beyond the artificial limitations of racism, nationalism, sexism, classism, monotheism, prejudice, homophobia, and every other illusion used to separate us from all being equal. And we acknowledge that the genie of human equality is now out of the bottle and that tyranny and oppression of any sort can never again be tolerated anywhere in the world by anyone. One human family. That is the proclamation. Sounds pretty darn good. I'm going to end today with a little visual for you. And then we're going to have Amber come up and sing for us. Ha, <laughs> ha, 